sponsored by Ting. There are rumors going around, because there are always rumors going around, that Apple is going to kill the lightning port on the iPhone. Not to replace it with USB-C, no. Just kill it to watch it die. Now, it probably won't be with any of the iPhone 12 models, not the ones released this year. I've been doing a ton of coverage on all of those, though, so make sure you hit the subscribe bell and button so you don't miss any of it. But could be as soon as the next iPhone, soon as next year. And it's not just Apple. The entire industry seems to be moving that way, which has caused a lot of people to complain, some people to champion it, but me, I just want to explain it. Almost four years ago, Apple deleted the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack from the iPhone 7. They weren't the first. HTC had a bunch of phones that had a headphone jack years before the iPhone, including the very first Android phone. But when Apple does something like that, because Apple drives so much product and so many headlines, people pay attention. Trends start, other companies follow. Apple's pitch back then was that the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack was old, outdated a unitasker, something Alton Brown would hate. And anything it could do, Lightning could just do better. Except, you know, work with cross-device headphones that allow for simultaneous charging and audio without a dongle. It also made water resistance better, because while almost all of the ports in the iPhone have been sealed, you're still supposed to dry them off before plugging anything electric right into them. And a lot of people just don't, so you still get corrosion and occasional shorts. Same with the home button that Apple replaced the very same year. They deleted the mechanical switch and replaced it with a proprioceptive lie, a taptic response that only makes it feel like it's clicking, when really it's just solid stuff. And they did it because those mechanical switches wore out in a way the virtual feedback presumably just won't ever do. Same with other companies replacing things like the side buttons with squeezes and the like. Now, if Apple had used that moment in history, the moment when they deleted the headphone jack to also switch the iPhone from Lightning to USB-C to something that almost every device would soon make a standard and would allow almost any headset to plug in with, albeit still at the expense of charging, maybe the world would be a very different place right now. But for a variety of reasons, I explained in a video a few weeks ago, and yeah, seriously, hit that subscribe button, that just didn't happen. AirPods happened instead, and the very next year, inductive charging. So now we're left with a lightning port, and maybe that'll soon go away, and for the very same reasons. To simplify production and water resistance, to reduce complexity and mechanical failure, to stop people from plugging cables that fray into ports that get wet and dirty, and of course, to prevent bad actors from plugging in cables to try and pull out our private data. To take one more step towards the kind of wireless world, or if you're still not ready, to take yet one more infuriating push. So if and when Apple does delete the lightning port, we'll all obviously have to just start charging inductively, which some people call wirelessly. But since I still have to plug the damn thing into the wall, I'm just gonna keep calling it inductively. The Palm Pre famously launched with inductive charging more than a decade ago. Various Android phones have had it for almost as long. Apple introduced their version back with the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10, and Blessedly, they stuck to the Qi standard. Now, even though Qi chargers are a standard, they're by no means ubiquitous, not the way USB-A charging bricks are, or even USB-C charging bricks are starting to become. They're also bigger, because instead of just a small USB-C or a lightning plug on the end, they have a big old honkin' hockey puck that you still need to stick your phone on top of to charge. And if you're trying to use your phone while charging it, Qi chargers make that just way more difficult as well. And they're still nowhere nearly as efficient as plug-in chargers, even the faster and more proprietary ones that some people are shipping. 
In other words, they don't transfer power as well, so you get all the heat without all of the charge, and that's just not good for long-term battery health. But most super fast chargers aren't great for battery health either, and a lot of people still get super excited about those because for a lot of people, convenience now beats longevity later. So, I don't know. All this to say that while inductive charging is still far from perfect, at least this part of going portless is a solved problem. Once upon a time in an iTunes far, far away, you used to have to plug your iPhone into a computer to transfer anything and everything. Never mind your music, even your contacts. Seriously, ask your grandparents. But then, starting with iOS 5, Apple took the iPhone to iCloud, and most of our data just started to sync. Same with services from Google and Microsoft and many, many others. Eventually up to and including things like passwords, photos and videos, documents, pretty much everything. With iOS 8, we got continuity, so we could airdrop files, hand off positional state and apps, tether without a tether. And streaming began to overtake downloading and transferring over a wire as well, from Spotify, Apple Music, and Netflix, and Apple TV, and Kindle, and Apple Books. Wired connections are still much, much faster, but Apple never even bothered to include faster, more modern wired connections on iPhones. Wireless, on the other hand, entirely different story. Apple's always been among the first to add better and faster wireless standards, including Wi-Fi 6 on the latest iPhones. And that means even a couple of minutes of 4K video isn't torturous to transfer wirelessly anymore. But anything longer, and likely anything 8K when that becomes a thing, probably still will be. So again, it's not a perfect replacement for wired. It trades significant utility and speed for significant convenience. But going portless, it's also a solved problem. Where it all starts to get tricky, though, is with things like system restores, both basic and DFU mode. You know, when a system or software update or something else just goes totally wonky and you have to plug into iTunes or the Finder now and just factory reset and reload your entire iPhone. I mean, how would you even plug in without a plug to in? The Apple Watch and the Apple TV both have hidden ports, but they're only meant to be accessible by Apple Care technicians. And as frustrating as it is to have to send in or take in your TV or your watch for servicing, I can't even imagine how frustrating it would be to have to do that with your phone. And this is, yeah, as of right now, a totally unsolved problem, at least on the iPhone. Apple is introducing something pretty new and something really cool on Apple Silicon Macs for later this year, though. Basically, they'll have a minimal, separate macOS environment in a hidden container that lets you reinstall macOS, even the macOS recovery, if and when you need to. Could that work for an iPhone with iOS in a form of iOS recovery utility and internet restore on board? Maybe. We'll absolutely have to wait and see, but meanwhile, let me know your thoughts in the comments. Another issue is existing accessories. When Apple switched from the 30-pin dock connector to the lightning port in 2012, people were mad. We had all kinds of cables and docks and sound systems and in-car systems with dock connectors on them, and we really did not appreciate the one-way ticket to Dongletown Apple was giving us. Sorry, I mean, Adapterville. And that was after a decade of 30 pins. And that's been one of the major arguments against going USB-C now as well. All the mainstream iPhone owners just going about their daily lives. And if you swap their ports, they will cut you. So just imagine what they'll do if you don't just swap those ports, but try to delete them entirely. Yeah, delete you entirely. People who use HDMI and other AV adapters or camera kits or plug into mics or God, CarPlay. Apple can count on time and new features making some of that just obsolete. But CarPlay, even with the wireless version starting to trickle out, the OG wired version isn't going anywhere for probably a decade. The automotive industry is glacial by comparison to the phone industry. 
So what's the answer there? An Apple wireless to lightning dongle, or sorry, adapter, like the AirPods to 3.5 millimeter headphone jack dongle some of us have been using on planes? If you, like me, think there better be a good answer to all of this before we see any of that, just drop a like below. On the flip side, in addition to removing a potential point of mechanical failure, deleting the lightning port also removes a potential attack vector. I mean, we've all seen physical access be translated into digital access just numerous times over the years. Compromised accessories like juice jacking, evil houseworkers plugging in and taking your stuff, and people are trying to just trick you into plugging into malicious charging terminals is why Apple added that whole do you trust and passcode pop-up to iOS a few years ago. Likewise, absolutely likewise, the companies that collect and sell iOS exploits on the black or gray market and lease or sell boxes that try to break into devices over hardwires. All of them too. Removing that access won't suddenly make the iPhone intrusion-proof or anything, but it will mitigate against some of those types of intrusions. And if and when Apple gets an illegitimate search and seizure request, something extra lawful demanding they help break into a device, they can answer in their most very favorite way possible. It's not that we won't do it, it's that we simply can't do it. What none of this will help you with is saving your money. But that's where Ting comes in. And it can help you save money no matter which iPhone or any phone you're using. Especially if you're working from home right now with just tons of Wi-Fi available and no need to pay for any more data than you're actually using. Same with talk, same with text. Ting offers coverage on Verizon, T-Mobile, and Sprint. No matter where you are or where you go, you'll have more service options in more places, and it works with almost any phone. The iPhone, absolutely. The Google Pixel, sure. Samsung Galaxy, sure. Pretty much anything. And it's super easy to get started. Just go to renee.ting.com, create an account. They send you a SIM card. You put it in your phone, and you are good to go. And if you have any issues, they have award-winning customer support that's not just ready, but happy to help you out. The average Ting bill is just $23 a month with no contracts, no commitments. And since you're watching this video, you can get a $25 service credit to try Ting out right now. Bring your own phone, bring your own number if you want to. Just go to renee.ting.com or click the link in the description. See how much you can save and get $25 off. Thanks, Ting. Thanks to all of you for your support. Check out my iPhone 12 playlist right there and see you next video.